Everybody, hello and welcome to Press B to Cancel. Today we're discussing Chrono Trigger. Let's get to it. Press B to Cancel. So uh, with me today, our usual dais of uh, derelict. <laughs> Wait, that's not that's not a good derelict. word. Derelict. Wow. <laughs> wow. Harsh. Dais. Oh, rapscallion. Rapscallion was was what I was searching for. Okay, bringing it back. Yeah. Okay. Yes, rapscallions. Okay. Uh, with me today, Paul one hundred nine. Say what's up, dude. What's up, dude? Wonderful. And werewolf. Howdy. And my spirit animal and arch nemesis, sick Jake. Arch nemesis, how harsh. What's up, dude? <laughs> I'm just really looking forward to debating you later, so we'll get to that. <laughs> but first, Chrono Trigger. So, uh, starting off, my history with this has been very, very limited. I'm a big fan of RPGs, specifically the Super Nintendo ones. However, for being aware of this game, I, uh, I never played it, never even seen it until about a month ago. We did our blind playthrough on the Retro Therapies channel, and I gotta admit, I get it, I get the hype. Um, I was very concerned about the game not living up to just the staggering amount of love that everybody shows for it. But uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in the Chrono Trigger cult now. So before we uh, jump into it too much, I'm gonna kind of go around ask you guys what was your first experience with Chrono Trigger. And then we'll talk a little bit more about the development of the game, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, Sick Jake, my, my best friend, let's, uh, let's start with you. I just rolling it all back today. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, I played it probably later than most. Um, I didn't have Super Nintendo as a kid. I played on original hardware, but it was, it was late. I dug out my SNES and I brought a copy of a friend of mine because I loved Final Fantasy VI and I did like four at the time and he raved about Chrono Trigger. So, I, I played it in my teenage years. And uh, I I love the game. It's one of my favorite RPGs, hands down. I love the character art from Toriyama. I love the multiple endings. I like the length of it. It's not too long. I, I just all around love this game. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Those are some amazing bullet points. And, and we'll dive further into those uh, within the next hour. Jake, or sorry, we just talked to Jake. Werewolf. Howdy. <laughs> Let me write down everybody's <laughs> name so I can remember this. Uh, Werewolf, t- tell me about your experience with Chrono. Um... So this is a game that I got probably just a couple weeks after it came out, mm-hmm. if even that, maybe just like a week. And uh, I actually had a friend who, you know, this kid, he was one of those kids that was like, oh man, I have all the Super Nintendo RPGs, blah, blah, blah. He loved bragging about his collection of SNES RPGs. And then... He stole a Chrono Trigger and then he never saw it again. No, no, th- that was a different kid. My Chrono Trigger <laughs> went on adventures. Let's talk about that real quick. My copy of Chrono Trigger got stolen twice by the same kid. Wow. And I got it back both times. (laughs) Did you ever stop to think that maybe that kid who stole it twice was a time traveler? (laughs) Like It's kind of meta, but yeah, maybe he sent himself back in time twice to steal it and then return it two different times. (laughs) Might be even a different copy. Has a different stamp each time from a different rental place. So I, Hmm. I, I got it pretty quickly. And I was in love with this game. Now, this was the first game that I ever stayed up late after I was supposed to be in bed and played. Like, I had a TV and all my video games in my room. 
So I would like put something in front of the, the door so that my parents couldn't see I was awake. Like I'd block the light from underneath, face the TV away from the door, probably fire it up around 11 after they thought I was asleep and play for an hour or two and then go to bed. Dude, that's, that's, I mean, <laughs> the door is, the door alone is good. Okay. I've done that, but flipping the TV around, that's well, next I level. I had a big bedroom, Resourceful. so I could just aim the TV a different direction and it wouldn't even put light toward the, the door anyway. It was like around a corner and everything. Like I had a, I had a weird room, but uh, yeah, I played the crap out of this game. I think I played through it 14 or 15 times in a row trying to do everything. I love this one. I didn't even know it had that many endings until like a couple of years ago when I realized how many there were. I thought looking in the back of the manual, there were only four. <laughs> so when I found out otherwise, I was like, what the hell? And now I want to get some more going. Okay. Okay. Well, Paul, when did you first uh, play Chrono Trigger? Tell me about that. That one, I remember renting it when it first came out and never heard of it, never saw it in any magazines or anything. And this is back when I was getting my hands on any magazine that was in like the rental stores or wherever I seen them. So I, yeah, I think it'd probably be within the first two weeks of it coming out, or at least the first two weeks of the rental stores here getting it. And didn't know what to expect, and I tried it, and I remember first time going to the fair and Marley running into you, and I was hooked. I was like, "This is cool." All I wanted to do was fight Gatto and get silver points, beat him up get 15 silver points. Uh, <laughs> it was great. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, you first go back to 600 AD, and I was like, oh, man, this is so cool. And I was hooked. I was just immediately in love with the game. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, yeah, for anybody, I, I assume everybody listening has already played this game and is familiar, but if by whatever chance uh, you have no idea what Chrono Trigger is about, it's about a young, you know, rapscallion who befriends a, uh, in, you know, an inventor who has made a time machine or like a teleporter machine that uh, becomes a time machine when it interacts with this thing. And then essentially you go to these various eras in history from like 65 billion B.C. to the distant future of 1999 and then beyond. All the while, the things that you do in the past can influence the things that happen in present and future times. It's very, very well thought out. The development of the game is actually very interesting. Aesthetically, and this is my take on it, it looks like a another version of Final Fantasy VI. The text is the same, you know, font size, the backgrounds look similar. But the sprite work, if I understand it correctly, as Jake mentioned, was developed by or, or made by Akira Toriyama, of Dragon Ball fame. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's the dude. He's great. Um, and the okay, character great. designs were by Akira Toriyama, <laughs> not the sprite work. Well, yeah, oh, okay. right. Yeah, the designs of the characters. Okay, well, no, that's, that's an important distinction. Um, okay, very good. And then what connections does it have to Final Fantasy VI? Am I the only one who kind of draws that parallel? Because right out the gate, that's what I thought of. You know, again, to go back to the font... Final Fantasy VI has a very identifiable font, and it's just right there, smattered on on the words of, of Chrono Trigger. So, are, are there people from that same development team? It is for this purpose. Okay. You know what? I'm not sure about that. I'm sure there had to be some overlap between the development teams, right? Well, they're both. Uh, are they both Square? They are. 
Yeah, yeah they're both okay. Square games, but I don't know. I like the director and scenario writer, all that kind of stuff. I think are separate. But yeah, I mean, okay. same developer company. They have to have some programmer overlap of some kind. How far apart were they released? Just a couple of years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Chrono Trigger was what ninety six. Chrono Trigger was ninety five. I want to say Final Fantasy six was ninety three. I've got my cart. No, well, this is saying ninety one on the cart. Ninety two, ninety one, ninety two for uh, Final Fantasy six. That doesn't make sense because apparently this says April second, nineteen ninety four. I don't know. Maybe I've got a weird co- uh, copy of the cartridge. I think you might be. <laughs> that might be the copyright on on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, you're right. That's probably <laughs> probably accurate. Cause, yeah, because it says the same thing on Final Fantasy II. So clearly, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. But we're going to keep going. Yeah, mysteries notwithstanding. Uh, honestly, though, I'm not too shocked or floored if Chrono Trigger came out in '93 and everybody says '96 because let's face it, again. It's about time travel, and nothing is too uh, too far out of the realm. So we talked about multiple endings. Before we get to the number of those, because, again, I've only played through it once, uh, although technically I did get two different endings. But before we get to that, how many times... Interjection. You were asking about similarities between Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger. So the development of Chrono Trigger was conceived in 1992 by... Oh, I'm going to say this bad. Hironobu Sakaguchi, who is the That's producer... That's Final Fantasy. The- the Final Fantasy series creator, yeah. So it's the same, oh, okay. I guess, guy who created both, or he spun off the idea for both series. So there is a link, actually. I didn't realize that. Okay, cool. Thank you for looking into that. And then, um, okay, so yeah, multiple endings. Just ballpark it if you don't know. And Werewolf, we'll start with you. How many times would you say you've played through Chrono Trigger? Um, I've played through it a lot more than I've seen endings. I'll say that much because a lot of uh, quite a few times I actually ran through the entirety of the game trying to max out characters. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've probably seen maybe five or six different endings, as well as a few variations of the first ending. Okay. And it looks like I actually looked this up a little bit ago, not counting the the DS and subsequent releases. There were a dozen endings with five variations on the first ending. Wow. So technically 16 endings. Damn. That's awesome, though. I love that. I I absolutely adore that. Okay. So, Jake, how about you? Ballpark. How many times do you think you've played? So I've beaten through, I've gone through the game at least eight times, uh, about half that when I was a teenager. And then it's a game that I kept playing every two years or so. I would do another playthrough. And I most recently played it last year, I want to say. But that doesn't count sitting down with a New Game Plus and, and finding more endings. Uh, I've done that twice. I've sat down and I've replayed various up to various spots uh, probably another dozen times to try and find all the endings. I have not seen all of them on gameplay. I, there's YouTube for that. <laughs> but I've, I've got at least gotten at least eight to ten endings because there was that period, you know, when I was a teenager in high school before the interwebs uh, where I, the only way to know what the endings was to go and find them. And mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time just replaying that game again and again. I love the game, and there's things in that game I notice in the like the fifth playthrough that I wouldn't have noticed in the first playthrough. It's one of those kind of games, right? So I played tons. Okay, and then Paul, how many times uh, would you reckon? I would say I want to say at least half a dozen, but I wouldn't say more than ten. I've I've gone through the game. And gotten the same ending probably four times because I always just go through and play it a specific way because I just love like completing it a certain way. And then 
I, I strayed, I strayed from that a couple times, but not a lot. So I haven't seen a lot of the endings. Just to kind of clarify, and this is why I wanted to make sure to ask this question. We've got four guys talking about one game. Now, admittedly, I've only played through it once, but you guys who are like these big fans of this game, between the four of us, nobody has seen all the endings, or at least nobody has gotten all the endings on their own, correct? Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Correct. Correct. So, I think that speaks to the, the, um, the longevity of this game. What an incredible thing just to think about. The game's been out for, you know, 20 plus years, 25 years, you know, and uh, people who are fans of this game, who love this game, <laughs> still are saying... Yeah, I haven't seen all of it. I think that's great. And and I think that is something that definitely separates it from a lot of the other RPG comparisons from that era. Even to expand on that, I think the last time I played it, which was about a year and a half ago, I did side quests I had never done before. Yeah. Oh, really? Which ones did you miss? I don't recall, but I was playing the Super Nintendo version, and I actually ended up doing stuff I had never seen before. And I think it was either I just couldn't figure it out when I was younger or something. But yeah, I saw new stuff. Oh, that's wild. Nice. <laughs> and I, 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 you know, we talked a lot of, well, especially during this podcast about like time machines. And I, I got to say, I wish I had one so I could go back. When, um, when Chrono Trigger was reported on the PlayStation 1 and packaged with Final Fantasy IV in a, a collection called Final Fantasy Chronicles. I went out and bought it right away because of my severe devotion to Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was the hard type, and it had the cutscenes. So, you know, 16-year-old me, or however the hell old I was, was so excited to go out and buy it. And then I, I, I forgot that it existed, and that the other, uh, the other game in that package was, was Chrono Trigger until somebody had mentioned it last month on stream when I was doing my blind run. And I remembered, like, after beating the game, looking up the, the animated cutscenes and remembering I popped this disc in exactly one time and turned it off immediately because it was not enough like Final Fantasy. That was how, like, <laughs> hardcore I was. Like, without an exaggerate, like, this is 100% true. And shame uh, yourself. I, and I am. That's why I said I wish I had a time machine so I could go back, uh, future, you know, slap myself and be like, listen, dude, get your shit together. Play this game. Uh, it, it's fun. It's a blast. What, a, what about it didn't you think your younger self didn't like about it that just turned you off immediately? Well, again, just the fact that it wasn't Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> I liked Final Fantasy VI, but not enough to, to play it more because it wasn't four. Wow. Um, and honestly, I, I can't say anything other than that because I didn't give it enough playtime. Like, it was legitimately like, nope, this doesn't look familiar enough that I'm going to pursue it. So I, I just, I went straight back to four because I love that game so much. In your defense, Chrono Trigger does start off kind of slow when you're expecting an RPG to just jump into things. It kid wakes up on a, sl on a lazy morning, gets told by his mom, oh, here's your allowance, go to the fair, meet up with your friend. You go to the fair and screw around for a while before you can even kickstart the story and then finally after about an hour you're given the actual urgency of the game and dropped into it where you finally get to experience combat and that sort of stuff so it does take a while to get off the ground and and see i think going back and like knowing the game like i know it now you're exactly right but also it was not near as linear as 
like Final Fantasy IV, just to keep with that. Yeah. You know, with four, you leave Castle Baron and you've got to go one place. You can walk around a bit, but it's going to lead you to the one place you have to go. Chrono Trigger, a bit more open than that, um, a lot quicker than, you know, the other Final Fantasies are. So I, I think it was just maybe a bit intimidating uh, to somebody who was still new to video games, or at least RPGs. But yeah, all, all that kind of aside, I just, I, I wish to God I'd played it when I was younger. I wish I had n- uh, nostalgia for it. Yeah, you're missing the serious nostalgia boner that all of us have, so. <laughs> but but, but at the top better of the episode, what I had said, <laughs> I, I had talked about how scared I was that it wasn't going to live up to the hype. And the reason I said that, and get ready to throw serious shade at me, everybody, that's what happened with Link to the Past and Super Metroid. Great games, but if you didn't grow up with them, they're not much more than great games. But everybody is like, this is the be-all, end-all of Zelda. This is the, the pinnacle. You know, this is my favorite Super Metroid or my favorite Metroid game. And I get that because they are good games. But if you don't have the nostalgia, they're, they're never going to be that definitive thing from your childhood. And I was afraid of that with Chrono Trigger. But I was pleasantly surprised that even without the nostalgia, uh, I'm just all about Chrono Trigger. This, this shit's dope. Did you like anime at all as a teenager or, or kid or no? I, some, but it was mostly, you know, Dragon Ball and like Trigun and Cowboy Bebop. That was right. pretty much. Well, because like that's it. what drew me for this game for the most part is when I was playing it for the first time, I was fairly heavily into anime, much the same titles you mentioned. And the personality and design of the characters in Chrono Trigger, they just definitely draw from the anime, anime influence. And for me, that's why I love this game so much more than like, say, Final Fantasy VI, for example. I felt there's more personality and character in these characters <laughs> compared to past games. So that's why I loved it so much. Very good. Okay. Yeah, see, I, I can get that. And to to that point, I think, especially for somebody like Toriyama, even though he was just for the character design, <laughs> his writing style fits so well in with RPGs because ultimately there's a lot of bad guys who have multiple forms and that just plays really well to his strengths. If you've ever seen any Dragon Ball stuff, you know exactly what I mean. Well, even with this game, like a lot of the... When you look at Dragon Quest characters, you can see a similar art style to that of Dragon Ball Z, but they don't look the same. Whereas Chrono Trigger, the artwork is a lot more in line with Dragon Ball Z. The character designs are a lot more in line with Dragon Ball, like even the enemies. Mm -hmm. You, You see little dudes who look like you know, chibi namics. You see, <laughs> there's there's a lot of enemies that look like the alien creatures or just weird imaginative things you see in the Dragon Ball series, and you don't really get a lot of that in the Dragon Quest games so much. So even further, it it really hooks into the anime crowd a little bit more. I think. I had to Google namics and. <laughs> I know exact now after I see it. Piccolo. Like, I know exactly. Yeah, and I know exactly what you're talking about. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. And the little yeah, goblins. They just look like <laughs> tiny piccolos. Yeah. Like the animations <laughs> on them, like the the little those little imp guys. I mean, palette swap for a lot of the case, sure. But there's also like a laughing and and sad animations and like there's a lot of expressions of animation frames they put in that game that really brings those enemies to life. Like it's. More animation and character personality for the enemies in a lot of ways than than main characters in, say, other RPGs like Final Fantasy. Like, there's a lot of charm in those character designs. Yeah. yeah. That's that's something, actually, I noticed when I played the last time because 
if you play with different characters, you get different dialogue. In Final Fantasy VI, you don't get that. You have the same dialogue regardless of who your party is. It's just whoever's in the you know the head spot, the top spot of your party is basically the one who does the talk. And it's kind of like that. But if you go through Chrono Trigger, if you have Frog and Isla and Chrono, or if you have Marley and Luca and Magus, all complete different dialogue. I mean, the story stays the same, but their reactions to what's going on changes, and it's it's really nice to see. I think that's a great point. Because, yeah, I mean, um, there's only a certain number of things that can happen, even though there's multiple variations of it. But one thing that will not change is the fact that they've thought out how would this character react to this situation. You know, knowing that the absolute necessity of the situation is going to stay the same, what would, you know... Uh, what would the frog say to it? What would what would the robot do? So that's, I think that's a great point, and it goes quite a bit to, uh, to that. That's actually something that Chrono Trigger did uh, better than Chrono Cross, because in Cross they had so many characters that they couldn't get that unique with it. So instead of all the characters having their own dialogue, they wrote something to where the same dialogue would be spat out differently for the characters. So, you know, if this character, you know, all the characters had their own sort of dialect and the way they spoke. So you could feed it a line of dialogue and the programming would spit it out in their dialect. So that's how Chrono Cross handled it. And Chrono Trigger was a lot more personal. I, I used to love Megas a lot, but one of the reasons why I did not like playing with him in Chrono Trigger is because, unlike the other characters in the party, he has almost no dialogue. It's His response yeah. to every situation is dot, dot, dot. So it's <laughs> yeah. very similar. You're right. To Chrono Cross, it seems like there's just a m- multitude of characters, but just a lack of dialogue, which I don't like. Gotcha. Well, I think that's a, a, a pretty good place to segue into my my next section, which is who's your favorite character uh, out of the entire game? Even if it's a, an NPC, that's okay. But um, t- tell me about some of your favorite characters. We'll start with you, Polsh. Frog. <laughs> Definitely frog. <laughs> okay, why is that? Straight into it. I I just like him. First off, well, he he has the same name before he turns into Frog as my brother. And I was like, okay, it's the brother I didn't get along with. And he turns into the character that I like playing the most because he could do serious damage, like with just attacks. Then he had healing magic as well as offensive magic. And so I was like, this guy's cool because he's my brother. And then he turns into someone cooler. <laughs> like, so, okay. Not, not to try to therapize, but let me ask you this. <laughs> did did you not get along with your brother before Chrono Trigger or did you feel like you played as frog and then your brother just didn't live up to that? No, I just didn't get along with my brother that much. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. No, I, no, he was my favorite though. It was just, I like the fact that he was this, his story arc was my favorite out of all of them. He, you know, he was trying to be this great knight and he couldn't live up to the expectations. He couldn't live up to, you know, his best friend. And then all of a sudden he's, he becomes the hero, you know, halfway through the game, you have to find the hero medal and all that just kicks in. It's just so like, it, it really felt emotional for me when I was a kid. I was like, I felt strong when I when I got to play as Frog, so it was great. I yeah, and I I will say he's not my favorite in the game, but he had some of my favorite moments. Um, Mayhap a door lurks nigh. Say what? <laughs> I said Mayhap a door lurks nigh. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, no, doing doing a blind run of the game. Whenever I do an RPG, I don't like to change the characters' names because I need to actually know which character is which, so I can talk to other people about it. You know. So when uh, the frog character came along, I thought about changing his name to something commonplace, like Robert. Because I thought that would be funny. He doesn't look like a Robert. He just looks like a frog. <laughs> and then come to find out, of course, his name's just Glenn. And I'm like, that's so brilliant. And I'm glad I didn't change it to Robert because ultimately Glenn is just so much uh, more perfecter. Like when I do playthroughs, I usually change him to Glenn. That's what I used to do after the first Yeah, I've done that too. Yeah, and subsequent playthroughs, you know, you name Frog Glenn, you name Robo R66Y. <laughs> Marley is uh, Nadia. Nadia. Yeah. And Ayla is waifu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I may have tipped my, my hand there, but I got to go with Ayla. What a cool character. Um, kind of two-dimensional. I get that, but I have my reasons. I like I like Ayla. Uh, but real quick, to, to finish up with Frog, his uh, little cutscene when he gets that sword and lifts it to the sky and there's you know the energy surge... Like that was a special moment. That was like a a mind blowing cuts the video mountain game too? moment. Yes. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm I'm I actually I just caught myself here, both my arms raised up talking about <laughs> this, thinking just like how hyped I am about even just remembering it. So yeah, I, all the love for Glenn the Frog. Uh, okay, so Jake, who, who's your favorite? Uh, gameplay wise, is probably Isla. Uh, mostly because of her attacks. I loved her for gameplay. But in terms of favorite character overall, it's got to be Luca. Uh, is it Luca or Lucia? Lucia? Whatever you want to say it. Luca. 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 Okay. Because the pronunciation of some of those characters is debated. Uh, but I love her very much for the plot points. I mean, when you do the flashback sequence where you go back in time uh, and you you basically can rescue her mother or not. I've done it both ways. And it's the, the scream when you fail to rescue her mother from her terrible accident oh. is just bone chilling. Oh, and, and that, that's, whole, that's that's up there with Lavos. Like I get yeah. that same kind of. <sighs> yeah, and like the story beats there just really open up the character for me. Like I love her as a character. Uh, and then on the flip side, gameplay wise, she's fantastic. She's one of my favorite characters in a party. My end game party in Chrono Trigger is almost always Chrono, Luca, and Alia. And it's mainly because she can drop the flare spell, which is almost as good as Chrono's uh, Luminaire. So it's like, and it's AOE. So like the, between the two of them knocking that spell back and forth, she's incredibly powerful. And plus she has custom equipment, right? Her dad character is fun. Uh, you know, it's all the tech stuff. And she has some fun weapon later on, the Wonder Shot or Sunshot, I think. Which is, Wonder Shot. Yeah, it does like variable damage, I think, which is interesting. So I, I just love her as a character. I want to mention before we get too far off of that... Um... That scene where you can save Luca's mom. Mm -hmm. I always hate that they don't let they don't tell you the reassigned buttons that you need to push. <laughs> so yeah. you know, the first dozen times I tried that, I got it wrong because I didn't know that my buttons were not being remapped and told to me properly. So how's that done on the PlayStation? So for those listening, you have to basically type in her mother's name, which is Laura. So it's L-A-R-A, -A, right? In order to get her saved. So I wonder how they do that on the PlayStation then. But that's assuming that you didn't reassign your button placements. Because if you're reassigned to any of those buttons, you have to push the new button, even though it tells you L-A-R-A. -A. In the SNES version? Mm -hmm. I didn't realize you could change your controls in the SNES game. Yeah, oh. you can change them. Oh, well, damn. 
That would mess you up. So that screwed me. <laughs> yeah, and see, all of that, like, I, I didn't do any of that in my playthrough, so I, I don't really? get the... No, I, I didn't. I, oh. I very rarely played with Luca. Um, so now I'm like, well, now I got to go back and do that. Uh, you know, and honestly, like, my ending party was Robo, Ayla, and Chrono, and whenever I had all three of those characters, it's just basically who I used. So... um yeah, I definitely need to spread my wings when it comes to this game and go back and do a couple different playthroughs. So that's that's awesome. Let loose your epoch and fly. <laughs> now, see that I get, I get that reference. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Wolf, how about you? Who's your who's your favorite character? I gotta go, Robo. He's just got such an interesting story that you follow him on, and a lot of it is through the side quest. Really, he doesn't get a whole lot of main plot. He gets a lot of subplot. So you get the story where he hangs out and rebuilds the forest from scratch. Or you get the going to the factory where he was built and seeing how all his brothers and sisters have been corrupted while he isn't. And just things like that. I really like his story in that he was a broken robot. He got fixed. And now he's joining you for the ride. And honestly, I also like him mechanically. Uh, Used to be... With Jake, where, you know, my final party was always Chrono, Luca, Marley. Mm -hmm. But I've found myself the last few times I've played through it where it's Chrono, Frog, and Robo. Because Frog and Robo have one hell of a heal. Otherwise, if I don't need to heal that bad, Frog can heal by himself, and Robo can do a ton of damage along with Chrono. So, <laughs> I, no, that's a good squad. I, I think it's fun... In, uh, and interesting hearing everybody's different end game choices for their characters and why and how they all kind of work out regardless. And and I think that speaks to the brilliancy of the brilliancy, the brilliance of the game. Uh, the characters that you're not utilizing still level up, even if they're not in use. And in that way, it kind of allows you to, you know, fart around with whatever character combinations you would like. Going back, I should have done that more, and I should have done it earlier as well because there's a lot of plot points that I miss for a lot of characters. Now, that said, the thing I love about Robo, or Robit, I think we, we called him <laughs> uh, in my playthrough, Robit, was he was, and I always look for this character in every movie or video game I play that is like an RPG, and that is the character that represents the viewer or the game player. They're usually easier to identify in movies, like, okay, that's... That's the audience in that character. It's not usually the main character. It's usually a, a secondary or tertiary tier character. And I think Robot is that. Because it's, it's this outsider look into the machinations of these other people from different time periods. So as, you know, Robot, because he's from the future, he's kind of, he's timeless in that we can all, as time moves forward, look at these people and be like, well, because we're not a part of that universe... Because uh, we're real people, that's a video game. We can watch them from an outsider perspective, but we can relate to them through certain things that they do. And that is, by definition, Robot. He's not a human. He's not from the earlier time periods. Um, so he gets zero of what their experiences are. But he kind of relates to them because, as you mentioned, he comes from a different place but got fixed to be able to to recognize these things. So that's that's why I like Robo. Also, his song sounds a lot like Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. Dude, like, 
<laughs> frogs. Let, let's let's be honest. Frogs theme is epic and badass. Yeah, but it just does not amp you up like Robo's theme. No matter what's going on, when that Robo theme kicks up, it's like it puts you in a good mood and you're ready to do what's next. Yeah. Okay. When you said amps you up, I wasn't sure. Yes, it puts me in a good mood, and I'll tap my foot and bob my head to it. But I'm not going to go bust out some push-ups <laughs> and get ready to fight Ivan Drago. <laughs> I, but now I want to go back and edit through like all the Rocky movies with Rick Astley's "Never Going to Give You Up" <laughs> as a training montage. <laughs> I just you weren't doing that already, oh. <laughs> right? Okay. So yeah, I don't think there's really a wrong answer. With this, you know, what? what's your, your favorite character? And I have a feeling that's Magus. probably going to also speak to... Okay, so I'm surprised <laughs> nobody said Magus as you cough that out. What's... Okay. I don't want to dump on everybody, but what's wrong with Magus? He's an ass. And again, he's got very little dialogue. <laughs> yeah, let me answer that the way Magus would answer it. <laughs> you spend most yeah. of the game hating the guy. And sure, he comes around like you, you get his backstory. It kind of redeems his way of thinking a bit. But he's still not super likable even after that. Like He's basically the Vegeta of the group. Yeah, there are people who like Vegeta, but Vegeta's an ass. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. So the thing with the him I like, okay, so character design, I hate that he wears these orange rubber gloves. That drives me nuts. I hate it. I hate his lack of dialogue as well. But what I do like about him, one, he's got a badass theme song, especially when he's a, him and his sister oh, Shayla. Yeah. That's a haunting track. I just it love is. that track. But he's also got one of the best moves in the game. So there's triple text in Chrono Trigger. And to unlock it, though, you need to find uh, the various rocks. There's like there's various three group pairs or triples. And the black rock, if you equip that while you're in a party with Magus, uh, Meryl, and uh, Luca, I think it is. You can do, uh, I think it was that too. Is it Dark Matter, I think what it is what it's called? Dark Eternal. Dark Eternal, where the screen goes black, it's a star field, the flipping triangle. It is a cool-ass hell move. Not practical to use anywhere in the game, because separately those three characters kind of suck. But together, it's pretty fun. I like Magus. See, that was another thing for him. Is I, I feel like the rock having to be equipped for him to get triple techs was a wasted slot. Well, but he's not the only one, though. There, there's various three three character pairs that need the, the rocks to get the triple techs. There's like three or four in the game. There's white, blue, red, and black. I think. It yeah, is. but they all involve Magus. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought he. I thought it was. They're all meant for him. Magus's triple techs are all only available through those colored rocks. No oh, other I way. I realize that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's the only one. I want to point this out. At least this is my take on it. Looking back on Magus, he actually did have like his his best dialogue was when he was the bad guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like when he becomes part of your squad, he has to acknowledge. Yeah, I'm a bit of an a-hole. But when he thinks, you know, when he's when you're fighting him, the bad guy always thinks they're doing the right thing, ultimately. And he doesn't mind having some really baller dialogue, especially right before you fight him. You know what I mean? Before he joins the team. So I think his dialogue restrictions later on in the game are based on the fact that he's just not happy to be joining your people. <laughs> like, I even want to say that for his side quest later on, because every character has like a side quest in the last half mm-hmm. of the game. And his, when he goes back, I think, to Ozzy's castle, it's called then. Yeah. Even that, the dialogue with him and, and Ozzy is pretty lackluster, right? That was an opportunity for Magus to kind of speak up and have a character, and they kind of they squander that. Still a fun level. Oh, okay, see, I, I, di- I didn't do that side quest, so I can't speak to that. But see, again, I, I'm... Did you do any of the character side quests? Uh, I'm sure I did. No, I did. 
Glenn the Frogs. Um, I did the Sunstone thing. Yeah, okay. You know, where you got it, which was pretty dope. You did the Tyranno layer. I did the Tyranno layer. Which also has some seriously badass music, by the way. Mm. Oh, dude, the music in this game is... is Pretty much all of it. I want to, I want to save the music conversation. The music conversation's coming. Okay. Uh, but yeah, okay, so one, one other thing, a, a very major thing that I think we have to talk about with the components of this game is the mechanic of time travel. Doing something in the past and how it affects the future... And the things that just stay the same throughout. I've never seen anything like that in a video game from that era, from the Super Nintendo era. And I don't know that I've seen very many games that have pulled it off as well in current generation consoles. What are your guys' thoughts on that? So, I mean, the closest you're going to get, I think, is looking at Final Fantasy VI, which had, you know, the World of Ruin versus the original world, right? Very similar maps, but one is definitely destroyed and whatnot, destructive. And there's stuff that's parallel to both maps that's the closest i think you're going to get uh the the sacrifice that chrono trigger makes though is that there's less areas i guess to explore maybe overall but what there is 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 pretty great and pretty well designed um i i really do like how you can go back to guardia castle i think it's called in the, the three different time periods and it's different and it's that's pretty awesome oh, i think this is another side quest was rebuilding that castle and like getting rid of the ghosts that are haunting it yeah, that's oh, yeah. Oh, that okay, that's the rocks one. I, I kind of, like I said, I've only played it once. So I remember things, but they're kind of jumbled now. Uh, but yeah, doing that and, you know, placing the sunstone and then having to go and talk to, like, the carpenter's ancestors and all that kind of stuff. And then something about beef jerky. Uh, really just brilliant. Paul, <laughs> <laughs> <It's all laughs> what do you think about the uh, the influence of the past on the future mechanic? I really liked it. I didn't even catch on to it. I remember my cousin telling me to not open the boxes in the past and wait until like 1000 AD. Go back and get it here and do, don't grab it here. I was like, why? Because you can go back and get it again back there. I was like, oh, that like right. it never occurred to me. But I mean, I was I was 12. In some cases, it wasn't just a case of getting multiple of the same item, but you were actually rewarded by waiting until later. It would be a yeah. better item. If you didn't open the chest earlier on. And and that armor is actually critical. Well, not critical, but extremely powerful because you get the elemental uh, mail or its plate, I want to say. And the fire plate has complete immunity to fire or it heals you from fire damage, I think. That's why, GP, during your playthrough, when you're doing the Golem Twins, I was asking, do you have the red mail or red plate? Because that fight is a pain in the ass unless you kind of cheese the mechanics and have the elemental immunity. Yeah, and that was... This- uh, you know, one of the interesting things about streaming RPG blind runs, especially with a game that is so beloved, is the number of people who want to ask you questions, and then the response to other people like in chat who are like, "Calm your tits, <laughs> don't ask anything." <laughs> yeah, just just leave it. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's a fine line to walk, but uh, no, you're exactly right. The option of of doing that because it, it, I don't think Chrono Trigger was the first game to improve chest items if you wait until later on. Uh, there are Final Fantasies where if you open it at the beginning, it'll be like a cure or a cure two. But if you go back later, it will be like an elixir. Chrono Trigger did it best because of, in my opinion, the time travel aspect of it. Going back and doing it, you know, in the future, well, going forward, doing it in the future first so that you can go back and do it in the past uh, is is very back to the future. And I love it. Like that's one of the things... That's just figuring that out and finding that out and having that aha logical moment 
it was chilling because it's like I would have loved to have been in the room with the developers of the game when they said, hey, wouldn't it be dope if we did this? Because the answer is absolutely yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, uh, Werewolf, h- how about you? How do you, how do you interpret the, the time travel mechanic vis-a-vis cause and effect? Oh, man. This is one of those things that I absolutely love just because this is part of the reason I went through the game so many times is the time travel and maxing out your characters. Whereas, you know, maxing out is getting any single stat. I think luck caps out at 15, but all the others caps out cap out at 100. And once they're capped, instead of saying, you know, what number they're at, it goes to star star. And I would go through and go do the Black Omen and then go to the past and do the Black Omen and then go to the past and do the Black Omen. I think you could do the Black Omen three times in each playthrough. Yeah, you can if you if you start from the yeah. future. Yeah, I'd start from the furthest in the future, do all of it, steal from everything I could. And I think there was one shortcoming to that where there were wall robot guys that you could beat up. And if you steal the tabs from them in the future, they don't have them in the past, which is kind of weird. But it's just those. Those are the only anomaly in that. Everything else still has it. The chests all have it. So doing that multiple times is massive level ups and massive stat ups from those tabs and i would do that and this is i would just barrel through the game to do those and then beat it new game plus barrel through the game and do those so that was one of my things about it but also just the way they made such clever use of the time travel for the story was amazing that like i said you leave robo in the middle of nowhere for 400 years while he regrows a forest or the Sunstone, See, you have to go drop it way in 65 million BC, and you're thinking, oh yeah, I'll go to 2380 and it'll be done. You go there and you're like, wait, where'd it go? Mm-hmm. So then you got to go back in time and figure out what the hell happened to it. God, now I got to go back and play it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so a couple a couple of the things, Paul, it sounded like you were going to chime in there though. I can't even remember what I was going to say because I'm just kind of listening in now. (laughs) Okay. Uh, No, they got some – it's really cool how well they just establish everything. Um, Jake was saying how it's a smaller world kind of because they have so much more detail. And I think that works in his favor because you go back to a few places and there's just enough differences that you're like, hmm, this is – oh, okay, cool. And there you know. Yeah, it's all familiar but different. Yeah, and and that's like, and it doesn't feel like backtracking so much as a whole new adventure. You're like, what did I miss? What are they going to change? What's going on? What's different? And I think each um, dungeon or whatever you want to call it, they all have they can remake a lot of the stuff with different colors of the same templates, same tiles, but they all really feel unique. I mean, a cave in a cave is a cave in Final Fantasy VI. You can. You can look at it and say, oh, this is the Narsh Cave or this is whatever. But mm-hmm. in Chrono Trigger, you can look at it and say, oh, this, this, that's the Mystic Cave or, oh, this is the Tyranno Layer. And they're so much more iconic and they're they're more interactive. Like they're not just a map that you follow. There's a little bit of uh, up and down, all around kind of things. You can go in the water, you can climb up things. So it's a little bit more engaging like that and it's just enough for it to be like, where do I go next? So I thought it was really cool. Like it was the longest game I've ever streamed. I remember I think it was eleven hours I ended up uh, playing one time, and I just I didn't want to stop because I was tired because I was tired of playing. I was just like I just need sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is what I call a D game. 
And the reason I call it that is if I had played this like when it first came out, my grades would have gone from like A's straight down to D's. <laughs> like hardcore, like the first time that ever happened was Final Fantasy VII. Uh, you know, of course, I talk about my love for four and I enjoyed six. But when seven came out, I was like faking sick for a couple of days. And then my <laughs> grades started to falter. And I'm like, all right, got to put it down. And that's exactly what would happen if I had known about Chrono back then. Um, but what you said about Final Fantasy VI, I think, will be a good transition to our final category for, for this episode, which is let's compare and contrast. And if we can decide which one we, we like better, Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI? Don't Paul, make me choose. We'll start with you. No, I have to. <laughs> I have to, and I want you to go first so that you, can, you cannot say, well, I side with so-and-so. I want to hear. I want to hear you. The pressure. Yes, they're so like they're so good. Both of them are so amazing, but in different ways. I can't choose. We're not talking about your children. <laughs> well, in that case, Chrono Trigger. Fuck it. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna tweet that out real quick. Yeah, Paul shades Final Fantasy VI. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so no, go ahead, please. No, there's they're two different games, even though they're so similar. They have so much going for them, so many similarities, but I find them different experiences. The The story in Chrono Trigger is, I want to say, simpler and more and more detailed at the same time. It's just the way it's presented with the whole time travel aspect. It's just, it's one of a kind. And when I talk about Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy VI especially, it's so much more of an epic. And it's a little, it's more personal by being... Less personal. It's almost like there's more room for uh, self-involvement. You know, you can kind of... The dialogue is good, but it's not so... Like when I was talking about it earlier, it's not so personalized as it is with Chrono Trigger. That kind of works in its favor in the way that you can kind of pretend it's you more almost. You know, you can immerse yourself more. Chrono Trigger for me is straight up just... They give you what you want and it's amazing. And it's just tight it's i can't think of the proper words for it i just love the way it works together the sound and everything the music the way it works together is just harmonious and I, I can't get enough of it uh werewolf what, what say you six or trigger i love six but i gotta go okay, with chrono go trigger on this there. oh <laughs> chrono trigger it just it had a lot more little things to discover that felt mm -hmm. more impactful on the overall story and the character building Six was very much a single narrative that went from, you know, A to B to C to D to E all the way through. Whereas Chrono Trigger had so much narrative that was left for the player to discover on their own. And when you found it, it felt rewarding. Okay. So it wasn't just about going through the game. It was about learning about the characters and their circumstances and their pasts and justifications and things like that. Chrono Trigger had... And it, again, smaller world, but that smaller world was able to be given deeper history than Terra, and, or I don't know what they called the planet in 6, but the world of Final Fantasy 6. See, that's, that's it's interesting. I, I think I get your point, but I think you could also say a lot of similar things for 6. Uh, for example, after the World of Ruin, going and finding all of the characters finding their ultimate weapons or leveling them up and learning their different abilities, to me, was always very rewarding, especially the first, you know, playthrough or, you know, if it's been a while, you go back, oh, I forgot they were there or I didn't know I could do that. To me, that's all very rewarding. Depth is, to me, the big difference between Six and, and Trigger 
in that six, everybody is customizable. Chrono Trigger is expansive across time, so they're very limited in the magic that they can learn. Like they had to skimp on the world map, you know, as we've talked about, being smaller because you have it over five or six different time periods. Uh, they're not going to learn a lot of different magics because that's just another level of stuff to add to it to customize them. No, no, no. These characters are who they are. And to bring everything full circle, they're going to react and develop the way they're always meant to. So even though the world might change, the outcomes might change, they will always be the same. And that is the antithesis of Six. You are right. In my opinion. The, uh, the mechanics were not nearly as deep in Chrono Trigger as they are in Final Fantasy VI. But I also found, while super interesting and cool, I always found going and collecting the characters again in the World of Ruin to be kind of a slog. Okay. It okay. it felt no, too much fair. of a grind and not rewarding enough for the time you had to put into it. And then, uh, Jake, I want to I want to talk to you. What, what what do you think about six versus CT? So, I mean, for me, it comes down to which has the better gameplay. Uh, Final Fantasy six, fantastic, a great game. But as you guys just discussed, it's more about the options and and details are in the character numbers. I guess I would say. Not necessarily the interacting interaction with the environment. Chrono Trigger is very interactive in terms of environments, at least for a JRPG. Uh, I keep looking back at the opening sequence or close to the opening sequence where you're imprisoned and you got to escape from the prison cells. You can knock out guards all stealthy. You can sneak through uh, cells outside the wall. There's hidden stuff on on unconscious guard bodies. It's great. There's later on in the future. There's a side dungeon. You can where wait you for Luca to come break you out. Yeah, you can wait for Luca. Uh, you can get those <laughs> supplies from you know benefactors if you have the trial swings your way. Uh, the future dungeon has a, a, what you call a crane mechanics. Like there's a lot more stuff to click and play with in the environments of Chrono Trigger than there are in Final Fantasy VI. But also the combat. Yes, the characters don't have as many options or magic, but the dual tech system is actually really great once you get into it. One of the things that's different about Chrono Trigger is the, the the maps. When you're fighting the combat, it appears on the maps itself. But the location of the enemies does matter. You can't move your character around the map during an encounter. But regardless, where your character is in relation to the enemies matters. And there's some dual techs that, you know, can actually make or break an encounter if you pay attention to it. Uh, Chrono has a, a spell with Luca called uh, Fire Sword Whirl or something like that. You spin in a circle in a certain pattern. And it can AOE a lot of enemies if they're clenched together. But for me, the number one dual tech is Chrono with Ilya, Falcon Hit. It's one where she throws yeah. Chrono in the air and he flies across in a slash across the screen in a straight line. There are numerous encounters where all the enemies, if you wait a few seconds, show up in a straight line and you can nail them with Falcon Hit and do insane damage and, and just clear the encounter. There's a few spots where I grind just because of that. There's um, the one before you, before you fight. I want to say... Giga Monster, Gaia Monster, he's the one with the two big arms and the big mouth. That that above ground mountain area, uh, there's plenty of spots where Falcon Hit is the MVP move of the game. Just because of, you just got to be a little patient with them to line up. Because the enemies do move. You don't, but the enemies do. And I found that amazing. That that's the kind of game you play you have with their combat system. And there it hasn't been many other RPGs, I think, that take in location of enemies to the players in combat quite like that. They're more, if they do, they're more, they let you move around and they're a little more freeform. So I think gameplay-wise, Chrono Trigger is incredibly interesting. I love it. Even Magus's Castle, you're, you're going up, you're the, it turns to like a 2D cross-section. And you go up these ladders and bridges like Donkey Kong style. 
and you can avoid the enemies as they roll down the ramps, or you can fight them, and it gives you the option. I think that stuff is just incredibly cool, and that with the additional charm on the characters and environments and enemies, I think Chrono Triggers is a clear favorite for me. I I feel like I should recuse myself from the discussion because I have the nostalgia. For me, I, th- I think I have to lean towards six because of that factor alone. But I, it, it's a tough call. To me, what, what it comes down to is what mood are you in? If you want something happy and bright, you got to go uh, chrono trigger. Yes, the characters have some history of sadness or, you know, tragedy, as most characters do. But then you go to Final Fantasy VI, and that, honest God... All of those characters have the most tragic and insanely depressing backstories. But that's part of what makes you feel good after you've beaten it. You know, where where Chrono Trigger is all about prevention, you know, trying to stop the end of the world. Final Fantasy VI is very unique in that it is about redemption after you fail at stopping the end of the world. You beat Chrono Trigger, you know, potentially depending on the ending, and you're like, great, we saved it. We we. We prevented the mass destruction. We did our thing. We have a new future. You look at Final Fantasy VI and you beat Kefka and your characters are still left in the world of ruin. And it's, it's to me, that's the biggest difference in the two. I, I get the emotional payoff you're mentioning there with Final Fantasy VI. But I think in terms of just heartfelt, like moments where I felt like it really engaged with the story, it's got to be Chrono Trigger. Where like the moment when we all we talked about earlier where the frog pulls the sword up and slashes the mountain, the music hits you right that right way it almost brings a tear to my eye same thing with you know when the first time you see the lavos and he does that blood curdling scream like there's more emotional moments for me at least in chrono trigger than there ever was in final fantasy 6 final fantasy 6 is definitely sad and depressing i get absolutely but chrono trigger has those moments where they really do hit your heartstrings it's more impactful i think there's there's a lot of those, all right, let's fucking go, you know. You know, I, I, I get that. I, I will absolutely concede that to you. And they kill the hero. Yeah, he dies. And then the rest of the party goes on an adventure to save him. But that's that's the point that I was making. Like, when you have a time travel story, the the biggest crux of it is undoing something bad that happens. And you don't get that opportunity with Six, and that's what s- sets that apart. Because the shit that happened is always going to have happened. There's zero ways to do that. Yeah, your main character dies in CT, but you get him back. And again, the parallels between Chrono Trigger and Dragon Ball continue. You know, final (laughs) form bad guys uh, fighting alongside your mortal enemy. uh, And then, you know, with with that, uh, you know, the hardest thing to do (laughs) is not kill a superhero. It's keeping him dead. You know what I mean? Good point. So, yeah, you know, so... I, again, I, I probably shouldn't sound off because nostalgia taints it for me. It's a close one, but I, I still I side with six. But un, unmistakably, Chrono Trigger is something special and, more importantly, very unique. The one thing I want to state, too, while you're saying all that, too, is the characters in that. Chrono doesn't say anything. He's the silent protagonist to the point where, like, it's it's almost where one of the points where it became a trope in video games to be the silent protagonist. But he displays so much emotion through his actions, and I think it's really cool how well they did that because that's that's something. Yeah, that, he emotes everything. Yeah, yes. and I I think that that's something that I haven't really seen to that degree when it comes to future games that tried to do the whole silent protagonist thing again because it's not easy to do, especially when when Chrono Trigger did it as well as they did. Well, and that goes back to what I was saying about with Robot, how he is the audience. When you have a protagonist that doesn't speak much, 
It allows the player to assign their own emotions and motivations onto your most direct character that you're playing. And uh, yeah, it was a stroke of genius doing that. They're not the only ones to have done it, but they are one of the best to have done it. So that's that's very well stated. Not to throw shade at six, but I do want to throw out there that for the number of times I've played through six, probably four or five, I've never been able to beat it. Oh, really? I always well, you, you certainly get need to. tired of the grind. It can be grindy. Sure. Whereas Chrono Trigger, I've beaten over a dozen times. I kind of went back for the grind. So <laughs> I think that says something to the mechanics and how they keep the player engaged. Sure. But think about like, you know, to compare it to some movies, there can be movies that have a lot of explosions and very cool things. And you come away and you're like, cool, that was a great movie. And then there are some movies that have such great story and are impactful that you come away feeling like you're still thinking about that movie or, you you, you know, the movie ends and the credits roll and you're not ready to leave that universe yet. To me, that's what Six did. I remember, you know, a few, well, several months ago watching Palsh play through Six and when he beat it, like everybody who was watching, it was almost like this emotional thing that everybody was sharing where it's like, well, that was insanely rewarding and, you know. I, I don't think that's the nostalgia. I think that's just the execution of the game. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed Chrono Trigger. But when it was done, it was like, okay, that was that was a good experience. I think, to be fair, though, Chrono Trigger is a lot more linear and, and not in a bad way, but it's, it's a lot more straightforward in that. Six has such an epic to it, like epic feel to it, an epic, like grand scheme to everything, that the payoff's going to be a different kind of, it's, it's going to be like a different payload kind of thing. Yeah. And also look at the the ultimate, you know, antagonist. You've got a giant lava tick versus, you know, a mad clown. Two different experiences. Exactly. <laughs> right. But, the, but when you're fighting Lavos and the, ver- the background is basically changing between various scenes from across time and space. When it comes to who's, dope. Well, who's more epic, you know, some half-naked guy who wants to be a god or the lava tick who's threatening time and space. Like, I Well, think, I can only cosplay as one of them. Well, yeah. <laughs> but the Lavos fight I found quite epic, especially when you have to do like the mini boss rush thing in the start and go into the shell and just the vault various phases. Granted, very Dragon Ball Z style. Again, yeah. But I felt that was more epic than Final Fantasy VI. And I love Six. don't get me wrong. I love the Tower of Gods, but I don't find it as fun to go through as Lavos. That's the thing. Chrono Trigger for me is way more fun in the way that game-wise. It's, it's, it's engaging and stuff like that. Six is more, I don't want to say satisfying, I guess. I don't know. They're both satisfying. It's, I can't, they're two different experiences, though. And it's, I keep going back to that. So, but again, it's, it's for me to that point, the question of motivation. Uh, is it Superman or is it Batman? You know, Superman and all these guys, they want things to be better. And that's Chrono Trigger. You know, we, we got to keep things good. We got to make them better. We can do this. It can be a better place. And then there's Batman, who is just very much struggling to not let shit get any worse. And, like, that's all he's doing. And that's what Final Fantasy VI is. Yes, it's dark and it's brooding and it's sometimes emotionally hefty. But that's, you know, it, like I said at the beginning of the whole debate, like, that's, that's what you have to ask yourself. What am I in the mood for? Do I want popcorn or do I want a Snuggie and a fireplace? Guys, I think I'm sinking into a depression. <laughs> 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 I'm starting to realize there are some warning signs here for me. So, no, it, both are great, though. And, and that's the one thing I don't want anybody to feel like I, I the big takeaway here is both are insanely great games but to the point of for as different as they are um one does not detract from the other 
No, they're quite different games. Quite different. And that's why I hate it when you try to make me choose. But that's why it's so important that I make you try to choose. <laughs> All right. So any, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Chicken, beef, or pork? Final Fantasy VI. Okay. <laughs> so oh, is, that, is that beef? Yeah. Well, he gave three options. What's the other one? Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. <laughs> so you said oh, damn you said chicken beef or pork, and I was like Elijah Wood or Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Guys, we're a little bit off the rails here, and I love it. <laughs> you summed it up, GP. Like both games are fantastic games, and they're all right. Um, Chrono Trigger just is just loaded with charm, uh, fantastic from music to design to characters and the gameplay. It's one of the few JRPGs I don't mind playing because the combat does not feel grindy to me. Uh, it just I just I love it. I'm just not a fan of what. FF6 does in combat most of the time, as much as I like the story. Gotcha. Very cool. Okay. Well, I tell you what, let's um let's let's sign off. Everybody will we'll go around in a circle and we'll talk about who we are, where people can find us, and then we'll 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 send ourselves off to our own adventures. So uh, we'll start off with you, Werewolf. Tell people where they can find you. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter or here. Werewolf, W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. Thank you, sir. And Palsh. You can find me in uh Guardia Kingdom in 600 AD. <laughs> That's right. I'm still, I'm still immersed. Now, Polish 109 at uh, over on Twitch. So check me out. P A L S H 109. Wonderful. Thank you. And Jake. And I'm sick, Jake. I am on, can be found on Twitch and Twitter. On Twitch, I stream a lot of uh, retro and uh, apparently Witcher and Warframe, everybody's favorite game. And that's uh, sick, Jake. S I C J A K E. And yeah, his, his runs on uh, Witcher are a lot of fun. Uh, as for me, my name is Guy Prime from The Retro Therapy. You can find The Retro Therapy on Twitch, Twitter, Tinder? No, uh, Instagram. That's the other one. I, I always forget that one. So everybody, thank you for your time and for uh, listening in to Press B to Cancel. We will be back next week with some more wonderful stuff for you. Take care. Special thanks for music go to Arthur the Ancient found on SoundCloud or The Last Ancient on YouTube. For more episodes, please visit our website, pressbtocancel.com. As well, feel free to like or subscribe at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you like to listen to your favorite shows. As always, thank you. This has been Press B to Cancel. Thank you.